Quick, what year is this? But did you know that you really have two skins? The museum will be closing in 10 minutes. This is an egg. That's an atomic explosion. And this is you. Over here are the ones who'd rather talk than play. Oh. <laughs> burger, 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 burger. Yes, we're good. My sweet little whorish Nora. I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and pulled myself off twice when I read your letter. I am delighted to see that you do like being fucked arseways. Yes, now I can remember that night when I fucked you for so long backwards. It was the dirtiest fucking I ever gave you, darling. Oh, wait a minute. My prick was stuck up in you for hours. This is the fart guy. <laughs> fucking in and out under your upturned rump. I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly and saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting out through your lips. And if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came spluttering out your backside. You had an arse full of farts that night, darling, and I fucked them out of you. Big, fat fellows, long, windy ones, quick, little, merry cracks, and a lot of tiny, little, naughty farties, <laughs> ending in a long gush from your hole. Ew, like it is poop. wonderful to fuck a farting woman when every fuck drives one out of her. I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. I think I could pick hers out of a room full of farting women. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet, windy fart which I imagine fat wives have. It is a sudden, dry, and dirty, like what a bold girl would let off in fun in a school dormitory at night. Okay. I hope Nora will let off no end of her farts in my face, so that I may know their smell also. Um... Gross. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum, but gross. Also, why are you giving him a British accent? The guy was Irish. If I did an Irish accent, no one would know what I was saying. We could. Welcome back to Long Story Short, a podcast about everything that ever happened, because time may be linear, but history is not. I'm Chris, I do the incessant rambling, and I'm here with my wife, Leah, who makes everything fun. I make things fun because I pause him from the incessant rambling so you guys can catch up. We're doing something a little uh, different today, taking a brief break from the dark and heavy content of our series on 20th century Romania, because we need a palate cleanser from all those images of genocide. Uh, Boy, what a way to break the monotony of genocide than talking about Hot farties. Naughty farties. Naughty farties. Naughty farties. So this is the first installment of a new format called One Shots, a standalone episode uh, that is generally more lighthearted and less historically intensive than our usual fare. Ideally, these will have a contextual tie-in to the subject matter of the interjected stories. However, this episode might be a bit of a stretch because we are going to be talking about farts, and also poop. How mature of us. But, no pun intended, 
But I will say that <laughs> farts are hilarious and, you know, it is what it is. If you're wondering what in the huggy fuck that opening quote was from, that is a letter by James Joyce, the Irish novelist responsible for the 730-page tome Ulysses, widely regarded as one of the greatest literary works of all time. Joyce was one of the most influential writers of the modernist movement, inspiring the likes of Samuel Beckett, Cormac McCarthy, Joseph Campbell, John Updike, and Salman Rushdie. This letter is one of dozens, written in 1909 to his beloved common-law wife, Nora Barnacle, a former... <laughs> yeah, she's Irish. They got boat names. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, a former chambermaid with an iron grip. Soon after... Do you mean, like, an iron grip, like, her ass had an iron grip? No, her hand. On their first date, um, they went down to a, uh, boardwalk, and they went, like, under where the stone wall is and the sand, and, like, no one ever goes down there. And, uh, she, uh, shoved her hand down his pants and gave him a super hand job, and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this woman. And then he did, and they were married further forever. Aw, that's so sweet. Yeah. I think most love stories begin with super hand jobs. Maybe sex in the front seat of a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. I think ours uh, started on, like, I don't know, earlier than that. <laughs> uh, this letter was one of dozens that he wrote uh, shortly after returning to Dublin alone in an effort to publish his first book, Dubliners, a collection of short stories about the charming inhabitants of uh, Dublin. In his writings, Joyce notoriously never used foul language, even when describing the Irish, ha ha ha, uh, and he was thought to be of a uh, upright, gentlemanly sort. But <laughs> behind closed doors, he was a lascivious beast whose most indulgent kink was his love for his beloved Nora's little naughty farties. Uh, you know, honestly, though, I think, I think it's really, it's cute. It's really cute that he loved farts so much that her farts were the, like, the only farts for him. Because a lot of, everyone farts, you know? Not everybody has big boobs. Not everybody has big butt. Not everybody has a hooked nose, if that's what you're into. But everybody farts. But Nora's farts were the prime farts. And that's something to write home about. Home being Nora, and then talking about said farts. So let's talk about farts. Let's what talk causes about farts, a fart? Baby. Why do farts smell? What is a fart? How many types of farts are there? And what about poop? Let's start with the basics. What is a fart? Well, um, in Disney World, they used to have a body exhibit type thing. Body worlds. Body worlds. And, Gold uh, Dome in Epcot to the left. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so they used to have the body world. And then there was this little video of Goofy's gut. And they were tracking poop. And they were like, a fart is... Uh, or they didn't say fart. But they were basically saying that like a fart was your body's way of pushing your poop closer to your butthole. No. <laughs> I'm just saying that's how Disney said it. <laughs> well, a uh, fart, or flatulence, is gas that has built up in the intestinal tract and escapes through the anus. 
kidshealth.org, a nonprofit website focused on uh, kids' health, describes flatulence as thus. When you eat, you don't just swallow your food, you also swallow air, which contains gases like nitrogen and oxygen. Small amounts of these gases travel through your digestive system as you process your food. Other gases like hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and methane are made when food is broken down in the large intestine. All of these gases have to escape the digestive system somehow, so they come out as farts. <laughs> Wonderful. As the gases that originated outside of your body, the exogenous gases, travel through your bowel, they mix with endogenous gases that are produced by your intestinal flora, gases like ammonia and hydrogen sulfide, which are created when gut bacteria deconstruct your food. More than 99% of the gas you expel from your anus will be exogenous and odorless. The other 1%, however, may be foul-smelling endogenous gas, the ammonia, the hydrogen sulfide, the various others, as well as uh, short-chain fatty acids, which are produced when your intestinal flora ferment any fiber that is passing through your colon. So, I have a question. <laughs> it's about to get real, guys. Um, I have a lot of the smelly farts. And not a lot of the not smelly ones. So yeah. what does that say about me? Because we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope it's nothing bad. <laughs> the reason doctors say you should increase the amount of fiber in your diet whenever you have poo-poo issues is because these short-chain fatty acids are the main source of energy for the cells composing your intestinal walls and are thus integral to the health of your colon. Our noses are so finely tuned to these endogenous gases that we can detect the presence of hydrogen sulfide, for example, in concentrations as low as 10 parts per billion. Oh. So yeah, good luck squeaking that fart out without anybody noticing so this brings me back to the conversation I had with my coworkers a couple of weeks ago about how there are poo particles in the little farts that you give off. And so basically when you're like smelling a fart, you're like nose to nose with like poo particles, that person's poo particles. And my boss said <laughs> that basically like you're tasting someone's shit and it doesn't matter if you walk away because a little part of them is already inside you. And I just want you guys to all think about that the next time somebody farts in your vicinity. And I've you got a lot of you inside of me. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a lot of me inside of you. The EPA estimates that livestock, predominantly cows, account for 36% of the Earth's methane pollution. Those who quote this fact typically say, ha ha ha, most of humanity's pollution is cow farts, ha ha ha, but actually only about 5% of a cow's methane emissions are flatulence. The majority are exhales and burps, produced by methane-exuding microbes that inhabit a cow's labyrinthine digestive system. Fortunately, we can suppress these microbes by feeding cows oregano and seaweed, because a ridiculous problem needs a ridiculous solution. I mean... I like Italian seasoned beef. So if you ever get pulled over and a cop finds a baggie of weed on you, tell him you are a agricultural engineer or a 
husbandry pioneer, and that the baggie is full of oregano that you're taking home to sweet old Bessie. Then he's going to open the bag, smell the bag, realize you're lying, and arrest you. But he'll have a fun story to tell the guys. And Bessie. And Bessie. Uh, but cows can't take all the blame because you might be a huge producer of methane too. Fuck if you, you consume... That's a, that's a fucking personal attack right there. If you consume a lot of indigestible carbohydrates, which the stomach and small intestine are unable to deconstruct, then they pass on to the five-foot-long onslaught that is your large intestine, where the water is sucked from the food paste and the dry foodstuffs are besieged by your gut bacteria, which release the aforementioned hydrogen sulfide, ammonia, and methane. The barrage of your gut bacteria attacking these large clods of dry stuffs and subsequently exuding large quantities of gas is what causes those stomach pains that bring with them a session of blunt and hearty farties, often leaving you <laughs> with a sense of relief as the pressure subsides. I think I might have... This is, uh, guys, a lot of information. A lot of information coming at you. Three, two, one. I think I have some sort of gut issue... Lactose intolerance. We were gonna get, get, get we were going to get to that. Uh, you have lactose intolerance, and you eat a lot of dairy, and you know you shouldn't, and that you eat it anyways. Wasn't what I was going to say. No. And, and there have been months that go by without me eating much more than like maybe a quarter of a cup of cheese in a day, and that's the only dairy that I'll have. And but here's what I was going to say. It's after lunch, when I don't usually have cheese, that for some reason I like, I eat and I just feel like immediately super gassy. And then I have to work on patience and it's really hard holding in your farts when you have to like sit down, stand up, but you can't let one go because your fucking ass is right there near their face. They'd know. We'll get to that. Is it because of the spinach? There's a number of reasons I'll get to them. I want to know... I wrote them all down! I want to know why I fart, Chris. I know! That's why we're doing this! Tell me why I toot. This coinciding, <laughs> this coinciding sense of relief may be a component in why we can tolerate our own farts and possibly even enjoy them, if you're fucked up like that, and yet cannot stand the farts of others. After all, farts are like children. You can only tolerate your own. Why is that? Why can we tolerate our own farts as opposed to no farts? Hmm? Well, there's no definite gastroenterological answer to this question, but there are a couple of good theories, most notable of which is that we're accustomed to them, since we smell the product of our own gut bacteria far more often than we smell that of anyone else. And if you look for a evolutionary answer, there's the fact that an animal's survival depends on identifying other smells, which requires not smelling your own smells. Hence why our noses adapt to ignore our body odor after a few days of going unwashed. So wait, is that, is that why, like, sometimes you're, like, freaking out over a toot, and I'm like, it's not that bad, but you think it's, like, really bad? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> then there's the biological answer, which says that we subconsciously, yet also incredibly consciously, especially when in the presence of others, use the smell of our farts to determine if we've been eating healthily. <laughs> we will learn to avoid foods whose flatulent product 
repulses not only other people, but also repulses ourselves. And you know who gets most offended by malodorous farts? Conservatives. A 2014 <laughs> study by researchers at Virginia Tech found that the people who report higher levels of disgust from foul smells and pictures of garbage were those that rated themselves, ahead of the study, as being more politically conservative than their average peer. Virginia Tech scientists deduced that the self-affirmed conservatives' sharp reaction to odors aligns with their customary distrust of the capital O, OTHER, a fear known as xenophobia, which sees conservatives take a reactionary stance against the unknown in defense of themselves and their communities. And this isn't just a philosophical bias, but perchance rooted in an evolutionary bias, in that many species of higher intelligence avoid the corpses of their kin and other dirty circumstances to keep from catching disease. Not only has such a behavior been observed in humans, who are the most wary of dirty circumstances, but also in elephants, dogs, dolphins, whales, parrots, octopuses, great apes like chimpanzees, orangutans, and bonobos, and even ants. Ants. Ants have senses of smell? Oh, that was a really dumb, that was dumb of me to say. You ain't never seen Bugs Life, have you? I have, actually. I've seen Bugs Life a few times. In fact, one of my old favorite movies was Ants. Different movie. Different movie. But it had Woody Allen. Yeah. yeah. Bugs Life is better. It said swears. Okay. Uh, Woody Allen. It's a hard pass. That is true. I wish they had picked a different voice actor. Because he looks like a cockeyed... Albert Einstein, but like the bottom of the head tapers down into infinity, and he also likes smelling the butts of children. And he he he, he, talk, he talks like he's like he's like he's uh, on the verge of collapsing. I need to see what Woody Allen looks like again because I he looks like what I described. I because well because I imagine like a him, sad sick Bernie Sanders. I imagine him to have like a facial structure like yours, but like thinner. No, nah, it's like an upside then, down triangle. And then, uh, like, curly, really curly blonde hair and glasses. It was like a reddish gray. Okay, I'm definitely imagining somebody else. Yeah. But he's also irritating. Uh, all the creatures I just mentioned, uh, they fart as well. Aside from octopuses, which don't have the right kind of bowels, and ants, which do poop and even have designated bathrooms in their subterranean colonies, but ants cannot fart. Actually, the most effective of ant-killing sprays cause the insects to bloat, and because they don't have flexible bowels, they cannot pass this gas, so they explode. Oh no, that's horrible! So when you're well, killing ants... Oh, yeah, well, they're still... they're people too. No, they're not. They're, you know, they have feelings... No, they don't. <laughs> I feel bad for them regardless. If you feel like you're going to explode, it's probably because you're ingesting too much air. Eating too fast, chewing gum, sucking on candy, drinking carbonated beverages, smoking, and even talking fast can lead you to gulp down too much air, which can follow your food all the way to your asshole. Well, Combine that... that with the indigestible carbohydrates and you get a lot of gas. That explains so much because I live off chewing gum 
and um, may not seem like it right now because I'm relaxed, but at work I talk very quickly because I don't like repeating myself, but I have to do it a thousand times a day. Indigestible carbs include high fiber foods like beans, nuts, cruciferous veggies, asparagus, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, garlic, onions, and prunes, and sugar alcohols like xylitol, mannitol, and sorbitol, which are found naturally in fruits like apples and pears and are added to some candies and diet foods as artificial sweeteners. Which, of course, brings us to that harbinger of fiery doom, Haribo sugar-free gummy bears and their imitators, which rely on maltose to give it a sugary taste without the negative health effects of fructose, that simple sugar that contributes to tooth erosion as your oral bacteria excrete an acidic byproduct of the processing of fructose. Hence the age-old soccer mom uproar against the phrase high fructose corn syrup. Um, yeah, that ex- this is explaining a lot about my gassiness. Because, like, my lunch usually includes spinach, like a like high fibery whatever. Sometimes beans. I always have an apple at lunchtime. And I chew gum with xylitol inside of it. In fact, I'm a huge advocate for xylitol because it's great for your teeth. Unlike table sugar or sucrose, a simple sugar composed of one glucose molecule and one fructose molecule, maltose is composed of two glucose molecules and thus does not incite your oral bacteria. It does, however, incite your gut bacteria, as maltose, in its rehydrated state, is a natural laxative. Any consumption of Haribo sugar-free gummy bears, for instance, beyond 30 grams, or about the weight of six nickels or three poker chips, uh, will lead you to producing a session of hot steamers that will burn through your genes and fumigate a room. I'm gonna Anything t- beyond 90 grams, or about 3% of a five-pound bag, will result in you producing a volcanic geyser of rancid diarrhea. Um, April Fool's Day. I'm coming for you. One of the best... Amazon reviews of Haribo's sugar-free gummy bears was written by someone who sought a snack to soothe his nervous stomach before taking a final exam. As he recalled, By question 14, my worst fear was upon me. The Satan bear's burning hot, liquidy, dark magic crashed against my anal sphincter like a tidal wave. I was able to close the hatch just in time, but those relentless, toxic bears beat against it like orcs beating on the doors of Helm's Deep. I kept fighting through my exam, clenching my cheeks with all my might. Beads of sweat began rolling down my neck. Suddenly, a loud, gurgling war cry came from my belly, and the entire class lifted their heads. At this point, nothing mattered except expelling this ungodly presence from my bowels. With half the test remaining, I promptly wrote C for every answer, and I ran out of the classroom. I burst into the restroom like the Kool-Aid man, and it took absolutely no effort to expel this demon. Almost immediately, the floodgates of hell were opened, and the damned, liquefied souls of an entire bag's worth of gummy bears cried as they burned through my sphincter and into the watery abyss below. I had never felt such simultaneous relief and anguish in my life. After 30 more minutes of this, I went home, dug a hole in my backyard, and burned the remaining gummy bears. 
one out of five stars. And if you're wondering, yes, he did fail his exam. Oh, that's not fair. I would have told the... Honestly, at that point, I would have just shit myself and then been like, can I go to the bathroom? A solid argument. I think not so much the embarrassment would be the reason I would avoid it, but the uh, extreme discomfort of sitting in denim that are sopping with hot stink juice. Mm, that's true. Like, just burning into your skin and, like, sizzling and reeking. It would ruin the pants. It would probably ruin your butt forever. Well, I mean, if it was a final exam, it might have been around summertime, so if they were wearing shorts, it could have just seeped through. That's worse. Then it comes down your legs. Yeah, but you can rinse it off, you know, jump right Right, but when it comes down your legs, everyone sees it, and you put it on the floor... You yep. put it on the floor. Well, that's the teacher's fault for not letting them leave so they could go take a poop. Maltose is a particularly <laughs> unctuous sugar, all, sugar alcohol, but so is sorbitol, another popular fructose alternative. In fact, it may be the most popular among sugar-free versions of sweets. Take, for example, chewing gum, which, if it's sorbitol-based, one stick of gum can be equivalent to eating one prune. Of course, the biggest culprit for inciting a case of the farties isn't sugar alcohol, but rather, in accordance with American lore, the majestic bean. Hence the old schoolyard rhyme. Beans, beans, beans the, the magical fruit. fruit. The, the more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel. So eat your beans at every meal. Words are a little bit different between Christopher's and I's, but I think the message is the same. Eat the beans. The reason beans give you copious gas is because of the high amount of oligosaccharides within them. An oligosaccharide is a polymer of simple sugars that links to fatty acids and fat-soluble vitamins, both of which are critical sources of dietary fuel for heterotrophic eukaryotic organisms, aka animals, as well as for the building and rebuilding of organ tissue by linking fuel chains to protein chains. So beans are really good for you. But when your gut bacteria deconstruct these oligosaccharides, they manufacture carbon dioxide and hydrogen as byproducts. And the more oligosaccharides you bring in, the more gas you create. And the more gas you create, the more flatulence you pass. See, this is another reason why I think my gut doesn't work correctly, because I don't notice myself farting anymore when I eat beans than, like, any other thing. We'll get to that. God damn it! Now, kind of like with cows and their oregano, we can take supplements like Beano to help reduce the amount of gas we create from complex and simple sugars like oligosaccharides. Beano is actually really easy to define because it's just this one enzyme called alpha-galactosidase, which is already present in your digestive system. In these cases, you're just adding more ahead of your meal so that your gut will break down your food faster, giving those sugars less time to ferment inside your gut. Take Beano before, no Beano gas. It's that fermenting process that produces the gases. And here's the craziest part. The guys who make Beano cultivate the enzyme alpha-galactosidase from the fungus Aspergillus niger the same fungus responsible for black mold. So, is Beano, like, 
unhealthy then? No, it's... They just... They make the they enzyme just, okay. by making black mold. Interesting. Must be dangerous to work there. Uh, Gotta wear a mask. I'm probably have to wear a mask yeah. there. Working the biochemicals. I have considered taking Bino. It works. Yeah. I don't know if I can now, but... Aside from chugging Bino with every meal, you can combat flatulence with a variety of simple tricks, such as slowing down when you eat, which reduces the amount of air you gulp down into your belly. You can also try kicking the habit of things like candy, soda, gum, cigarettes, and vapes for the same effect. It also helps to stay limber with abdominal stretches and general physical exercise, but the best solution is to drink water. Stay hydrated, hydro homies. And to drink before you eat. If you're well hydrated prior to eating, your food will pass through your gut easier and quicker. Is that why I poop so much? Mm. Sorry guys, lots of information. I'm just gonna... It might be. Interesting. That could be one reason. I drink a fuck ton of water. Your gastroenterologist might suggest drinking a glass of water 30 minutes before every meal. And such advice may sound like it wouldn't be worth a trip to the doctor, but that's why I'm telling you so that you don't have to go to a doctor, because it's definitely just gas and not a pustule of cancer siphoning your colon strength. Don't go to the doctor. If it's cancer, that means God wants you to die. Uh, he, he had an experience, guys. Just, <clears throat> just let him have this one. If you already have flatulence, you can try eating peppermint, which has menthol, an organic compound that, in its filtered form, is the 193rd most popular prescription medication in the U.S. Menthol is one of those natural occurrences that are just so good for you and for curing your maladies. Its usage stretches back to the days of shamans and medicine men. Nowadays, we use it in everything from chapstick to cough syrup, from painkillers to decongestants, aftershave to shaving cream, perfume to pesticide, from Vicks Vapo Rub to an icy hot patch. From cigarettes and candy to mouthwash and toothpaste, antispasmatics, gum, and hair conditioner. Menthol soothes everything. I have a pill in the bathroom called Ibigard um, that my coworker told me to take uh, if I was ever constipated, which never happens. But anyway, um, but it's meant for people with irritable bowel syndrome. But it's basically just concentrated peppermint in little balls. And then when it does, it's actually, I've taken it like twice and uh, when you, like, burp it up, it just tastes minty. Shit, yeah. But if you're not looking to soothe your colon and simply want to cover up your hot farties, you could try Buckweimer's Underease, a nylon granny panty with a hole in the ass, where a dryer sheet-like cloth of spun glass and charcoal can slip into a snug pocket and absorb all your hot farties. If you're wondering how the farts don't slip out the leg holes, that's because they are tied off with elastic, leaving the only exit for your farts in the charcoal pocket. Buckweimer first identified the problem in his gassy wife, who has Crohn's disease, and since he didn't want to divorce her, he sought a solution. What? He, he said that. Are uh, you fucking serious? I think serious? he was joking, but okay. in, his, in the product description on the website, that's what he says is the reason. He was like, well, I didn't want to divorce her, so I was like, I, I, I can't make her stop farting, so I'm gonna have to make Jesus, her... Jesus, that guy, you get, even if it's a fucking joke, dude, your wife has a fucking disease. You can't... She's not gonna divorce you because you're balding. He sought a solution, which he found while counseling a group of coal miners suffering from post-traumatic stress. 
He was a psychologist. Um, oh. they, these coal miners had described going into the dark after a cave-in and had gone, gone in with gas masks on. And Buck realized that the charcoal filters in their gas masks could be used to filter out human farts. I presume he finished the therapy session before he fucked off to his office and diagrammed out a pair of underwear with a hole where the shit pocket goes, but regardless, he submitted a patent in 1998, and three years later, he was awarded a satirical Ig Nobel Prize for his unrequested advancements in the field of biology. If you're interested in buying your own nylon granny panties that absorb hot farties, you can get a pair online for the low, low price of $31. Is it on Amazon? Yeah, probably. It might be an idea. Side note, speaking of all f these farts and stuff, I actually do have to poop. Sorry. Of course, the average person won't need underees because the average person doesn't produce farts of excessive number and stench. The average person has between 12 and 25 gassy episodes a day, passing 20 to 60 fluid ounces of gas, or one and a half liters if you're European, during that time. Uh, anything more or more intense might indicate an underlying gastrointestinal issue, such as Crohn's, IBS, celiac disease, colon cancer, constipation, bacterial overabundance, or lactose intolerance. Interestingly enough, though, I feel like I fall into that category. I feel like it's like the 12 to 25 range. That's average. Yay! Average! Those afflicted by these maladies tend to have smellier, louder, and more numerous farts, as well as pain, bloating, and distension of the abdomen. If you're experiencing these but you know you do not, have any of the aforementioned afflictions, then it is probably something that you ate, whether it was expired or spicy, like garlic, peppers, or curry, or saturated with yeast cultures, like beer, or heavy in dairy, since 70% of the global population is secretly lactose intolerant to some degree or another. The most common symptom of digestive discomfort is a rumble, also known as a peristaltic sound, or bubble gut. The gurgling rush of gas and food paste as they zoom through 22 feet of small intestine, eager to escape out your puckering asshole. If it's bad enough, your rancorous colon will make audible gurgling noises, the scientific name for which is borborygmus, which derives from an ancient Greek onomatopoeia for the noise itself. Oh. Borborygmus. That makes so much sense. Yeah, actually, that do, that is... That is very clever Greeks, ancient Greeks. Um, fun fact, because I'm a gassy massy. Um, so, again, like I said, after lunchtime at work, I oftentimes get really gassy for no fucking reason. It's very sudden. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'll get that borgaborgus or whatever. And um, I have to lie to my patients and tell them, oh, must still be hungry. Ha ha ha. I'm going to... Just skip ahead, and uh, it takes two days for s food stuff. If you're not having diarrhea, it takes like two days for food stuffs to reach a lower colon. 
So if you eat and then you have to poop, it's because you're on a cycle. Interesting. But how, how does that explain, like, it, say I have carrots at lunchtime, and then I... Well, you're allergic to raw carrots. So does that mean it would push out of me sooner? No, it means you should not be eating raw carrots. Oh, I'm just saying. So I'm saying I have raw carrots at lunchtime, and then I go to the bathroom, like, maybe three hours later, and then there's carrots in my poop. Why, Why are that? you going through your poop? Are you using a sieve like an old prospector? <laughs> right, let me see what I can shave <laughs> down in this dirt. I've got, oh. I found orange. Do you no. bite on the orange to prove that it's real carrot? No, I just can see it in my poop because I have floaty poops. Uh, oh, God. So. We'll get to that. I guess we're turning this into a diagnosis episode. <laughs> we're going to play WebMD. Somebody figure me out. Also, uh, I'm so sorry for our listeners. I am a really nice person with bad bowels. When this gas train finally reaches the rectum, the, uh, w- the Snapple bottle-sized final stretch of the digestive tract, the continuous buildup of pressure will encourage your anus to release portions of this gas in spurts, which we call farts. While we've already discussed odor, I think we should also address the volume of farts, which is controlled by the strength of the anus, as well as the amount of pressure built up inside the rectum. More pressure tends to force more gas out at once, kind of like a cannon, which leads to a louder and more abrupt noise. However, having stronger anal muscles can help you control the volume and frequency of your farts, similar to how Louis Armstrong, the legendary trumpet player could increase the volume of his brass by pursing the embouchure of his lips. <laughs> I, uh, I think I have a knack for that. It's true. They refer to the pucker of the anus as an embouchure, just, just like a, 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 a trumpeter's pur- pursing of his lips. Oh my gosh. That, those poor trumpeters. Hey, they're the, I mean, if they train their butt, they could play a trumpet just as well at, at the other end as they out the mouth. I kind of want to try that now, but I also don't want to ruin a trumpet. Uh, overexerting your anal muscles, however, could cause their veins to inflame. A malady we call hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids. which I'm going to be talking about a lot, because at their tamest, they are incredibly uncomfortable, especially when sitting, and especially when pooping. If your hemorrhoids are at their worst, also known as a grade 4 case of hemorrhoids, then you're looking at a single massive inflammation that spans the entire anal canal from the rectum through both the inner and outer sphincters, because you have two for safety, topping out around the pectinate line, the transition point where mucous membrane seeds to epidermis, where lining becomes skin, and slipping out of the puckering starfish to affix to the bum. It's a big single lump I've seen them. <laughs> Fortunately, I've never had grade four hemorrhoids because that sounds torturous. Having what's essentially a canker sore spanning your entire butthole. But you know what's worse than that? An anal prolapse. Oh, Chris knows all about anal prolapse. Oh, we'll get to that. Fun fact, the first time I ever hung out with my wife. <laughs> say hi. 
Hi. Hi. She welcomed me into her mom's apartment. We're, we're in high school, middle middle of the way through high school. And she says, hey, hey, come over here. I, check out this video that my friend just sent me. You know, Amanda. <laughs> Let's say just sit down. So she sits me down in front of her laptop and she has this video up. Uh, she clicks play and it's a woman being violently double fist fucked in the asshole. And because it couldn't get any worse, the guy's arms accidentally pull out this woman's anus. And he hesitates for a second, then gingerly pushes the proboscal anus back into the woman's butt and then resumes double fist fucking her. And for some reason, I remained friends with Leah and now we're married and I don't know why. What went wrong? Chris was so polite. He watched the whole video. He didn't look away at all. He just like, and you could see in his face, because again, guys, this, he and I had not spoken since fifth grade at this point. We just had a mutual friend. We were going to go ghost hunting together. So the, the plan was he would get dropped off at my house and then said friend would pick us up at my house and, and we'd go ghost hunting. So again, we had not talked since fifth grade. He comes to my house. We don't catch up at all. How have you been? What have the last five years of your life been like and then I make him watch this and he's so polite he just sits there and watches the whole thing like trying not to grimace and then he hands me the laptop and is like why and I'm like I don't know if it's because I was raised to just endure things in a polite manner or if it's because I was just welcomed into the home of someone who I'd like to become better friends with and she's like a beautiful, bodacious 16-year-old dressed in emo chic, which is very attractive. <laughs> At the time, as both being teens, it was attractive to find a teen oh, yeah. attractive like that. Cover your tracks. And then she's like, okay, hey, watch this video, friendo. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, what, what, what do you want? Is this what it takes to be your friend? <laughs> I gotta watch you. <laughs> anal proboscis pop out and make snicky snacky noises at some guy's double fist fun fact like three years later um after i had gotten an apartment with my sister and my then boyfriend um i invited him and a group of friends over to my house and then we watched um japanese animated porn <laughs> because apparently when you're friends with me i'm gonna make you watch pornography but funny porn, not like let's all jack off in a circle porn, like like waterfalls funny... of poop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Funny porn to talk about with your friends. Anyway, uh, a rectal prolapse is when, due to trauma, defect, disease, surgery, pregnancy, or age, the snapple bottle-sized rectum fully or partially falls out of the ass, inverting the anal canal, exposing it to the elements. Like those squishy, squeezy blue water wigglers that you could buy at practically any department store checkout counter in the 90s. It's, it is like that. It just unfolds. But since it's a loop, well, your whole body is a, a loop, technically. Because <laughs> you can go in the mouth and out the butt. And it's a continuous hole. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it inverts that part and... Uh, a rectal prolapse is more likely to naturally befall elderly women, but oh, it can happen fuck? to anybody of any sex and any age if enough trauma is brought to it, such as in the regrettably memorable practice of double fist fucking <laughs> someone's asshole. I was going to say, like, 
I'm gonna fucking, that's, that's gonna happen to me just because I made you watch that fucking video and God's gonna be like, hey yo, remember when you were like 16 and you thought this was fucking hilarious? Well, have fun taking that shit and then my asshole just falls out. Well, two things. One, uh, God isn't real. And two, <laughs> karma doesn't exist. We just have a predilection for pattern recognition. So when we see something bad happen and then something good happen, our brains are like, oh, that, of course. But, you know, bad things happen all the time and good things happen all the time and they don't proceed or uh, follow one another. So you're meaning to tell me that my anus is just going to fall out of my sphincter? If it falls out, it falls out. If it doesn't fall out, it doesn't fall out. I don't want my asshole to fall out. I I don't want that either. (laughs) You have to push it back in. It's literally called a proboscal anus when it it inverts because it looks like a big old aardvark. Um, so, uh, the Urban Dictionary term is a pink sock. Hey, I got a question. Mm. You know Arthur? Yes. In the early books, he has the aardvark face. Yes. And then when it becomes popular, they get rid of the aardvark face and he's just flat with like a Voldemort nose thing going on. Yeah. That's not an aardvark. It's not. Why? Because sex sells. Uh, uh. When first learning to control the muscles of the anus, we are in what psychologist Sigmund Freud called the anal stage of early childhood development, where our understanding of our excretory functions evolves in concert with our personality, and a child that experiences conflict with these functions, whether emotional, physical, or external, will develop traits reflective of this strife around bodily control. Traits like orderliness, stubbornness, and an irrational need for control over their environment. Now, I wasn't chastised for my toilet training incidents. I don't think so, at least. But from the stories my parents have told me, I was always very ashamed, uncertain, and resistant of my excretory functions. Hence why, today, I'm what Freud would call anal retentive, a.k.a. psychologically retaining the issues associated with the mastery of the anal stage of development. He used to go in the corner, and his parents would know what he was doing, and they'd say, are you making grunties? Because he would just grunt in the corner making poopies. Uh, Little plops. And I just stare back at them, like, hunched over, like, saying, no, I'm not, but I'm really pooping in my pants. Good times. Glad I don't remember. I kind of remember those times. I don't... Fun fact, in Latin, <laughs> in Latin, the word anus literally means ring or circle. The same root of the word anus was attributed to other kinds of circles, such as those celestial circles, the Earth's yearly travel around the sun, for which we have the word annual, and in regards to the celebration of something that occurs yearly, an anniversary or an anusversary. Oh, anusversary. I'm going to fucking, you know I'm going to run with that in May when we... Have our anniversary. Anusversary. Yep. Also a fun fact, there's a birth defect called an anorectal malformation, or imperforate anus, which, if you've ever ripped a government check away from its verbose letterhead, you might recognize that word, perforate. So tell me, Leah, what do you think an imperforate anus is? I'm gonna assume that there is no hole. Woo! Bingo bango! That is when a baby is born without an anus. A fate that befalls a million babies a year, a.k.a. one in 5,000 births. Damn. Yeah, you have better chances of being born 
with no anus than you do of winning the vast majority of uh, lotteries that are available. <laughs> Damn. Uh, this defect must be corrected with immediate surgery to create a passage for excrement and gas to exit because otherwise, well, otherwise you're going to have a septic baby and no, no one wants a septic baby. <laughs> septic babies die. Uh, of course, if you have the worst kind of imperforate anus, your rectum will have diverted from this failed lesion and connected to your urinary tract, or in girls, your actual vagina. This obviously complicates a surgery, but we've been fixing imperforate anuses since the 7th century. So if it happens what? to your baby, don't worry, it'll be okay. We have far better doctors than the Byzantines did. Your baby will be able to fart, I promise. That is fucking insane. And also, I'm pretty sure we know a girl that had an imperfer, imperfer, imperfer. Oh, the colostomy bag? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's nice. I don't want to use her name. That's why I, I just said the it. word colostomy bag. Yeah. But she's a nice person. I, I wish her well. She has a baby. She has a baby. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, your baby needs to fart because farting is crucial to life. It's so crucial to life that we have a whole field of medicinal study devoted to flatulence the appropriately named Science of Flatology, which only really started to become mainstream after the advent of high-altitude flight and the prospect of human spaceflight in the early 1950s. With the low atmospheric pressure, the cramped confinement, and the various stresses particular to the physics of spaceflight, the management of farts became curiously very important not only for ensuring the proper function of the aviator's digestive systems, but for the flammable nature of their flatulence. Jesus Christ. For the, safe, for the safety of our astronauts, American scientists delved into the 200-year-old records of mountaineers who had commented on the difference between sea-level farts and high-altitude farts. I want to see these records. For the safety of our astronauts. <laughs> While the pressurization of the cabins seemed to be readily manageable to account for the unimpeded passage of gas. The flammability aspect proved more troublesome, as our intestinal bacteria's production of hydrogen and methane would make for a ticking time bomb in such a uh, claustrophobic capsule. Whilst preparing for the Apollo 11 moon landing, NASA ran a series of experiments with different groupings of bland formula foods. They called them bland formula where one batch of six men would eat a state-of-the-art, simple nutrient diet of various unremarkable pastes, and a second batch of six men would eat the old Gemini Missions diet plan as a control group. With a series of fine-tunings, NASA was able to create a meal plan of bland that reduced the flatulence of their astronauts to as little as 11% of an average man's hydrogen and methane output. This diet is absent of dairy, light on gluten, and void of sulfur-rich foods like garlic, onions, and cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. In their place, you have similarly nutrient-heavy vegetables like spinach, which doesn't produce that rotten egg and garbage smell. Oh shit, then what's my problem? Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I a stand-up comic from the 90s? <laughs> I'm going to get my own TV show because I'm over here saying, what's wrong with my wife? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> it wasn't even funny. Aww. Other foods that can create such a hellish stench of death 
include cheese, beans, dried fruit, beer, and wine, well, which is high in sulfides, a.k.a. sulfuric salts. That explains it. The Mommy's juice? Mommy's juice. As I mentioned before, constipation can cause smellier farts as gas rushes past rotting clods of pre-poop or gets backed up and has time to fester. Colon cancer has the same effect, where the tumorous polyps make for barricades that trap farts and let them rot in your gut. Certain antibiotic medications can make your farts rank and randy by waging a genocide against not only the bad bacteria in your bowels, but also the good bacteria, meaning your digestive process becomes less organized and less effective, resulting in a higher percentage of foul farties. Doesn't randy mean, like, turned on? Activated. Activated. Okay. That's how I'm using it. Okay, I was rank like... Rank and randy, oh, it's trying to get you. Mm, we gonna get busy. It's rank, and I wanna fuck Antibiotics it. don't, like, <laughs> fuck. But they get busy. They get... To combat the effects of antibiotics, you could take probiotics, which are exactly what they sound like. Pills, supplements, or cultures. Cultures such as in fermented greens like kimchi, sauerkraut, and kombucha and in fermented dairy, like kefir, buttermilk, and Activia yogurt. Activia! Thanks, Jamie Lynn. I'm Jamie, Jamie Lee Lynn Curtis. Curtis. Jamie Lee. I'm going to eat all the yogurt. It's Jamie Lynn Spears and Jamie Lee Curtis, and I always fuck it up. <laughs> Jamie Lynn Curtis. Uh, these pill supplements and cultures contain live bacteria that can replenish the wards of your digestive system. Some of the good bacteria often found in probiotics include... Uh, Bifidobacterium, which regulates your immune system and produce vitamins. Uh, Lactobacilli, which boost your immune system and produce vitamins. Escherichia coli, which attack bad bacteria and produce vitamins. And Saccharomyces boulardii, which counteract the diarrheal effects of antibiotics and, of course, produce vitamins. Vitamins! I, I, I have probiotics in the vitamins that I take. The end. We could that will will that may will they g- give me a second. And because <laughs> and because too much of a good thing can be bad, it's not good to saturate yourself with probiotics if you do not need the boost. Because you can create an overflourishing of gut flora, which can result in higher volumes of gas production and an overall more pungent odor. Boom boom pacha pacha boo ba ba boo ba that's you. So what you're saying is, I'm too healthy, so it's my not butt's too... nice. And a healthy gut <laughs> doesn't mean a healthy butt. It also means... Wait, really? Is that actually the next part? Yes. And a healthy gut <laughs> doesn't just mean a healthy butt. It also means a healthy brain. Oh. As bacteriologists in France recently found a correlation between your gut and your mood, wherein chronic stress disrupts your intestinal flora for subsequent reduction in metabolized lipids, which then minimizes the quality of communication between your hippocampus and your brain. Your hippocampus being the U-shaped noobs deep inside your head that play a uh, significant role in learning and memory, and a hippocampus depleted of its nummies makes you depressed. That's why cannabis, which is loaded with one of your hippocampus's favorite nummies, THC, makes you so easygoing, but also fucks with your ability to learn and remember things. The hippocampus, for as small as it is, plays a significant role, when damaged, in gifting you a neurological or psychiatric disorder, and its trauma 
during a child's early development is a frequent source of that child's later violence and sadism. It, it's a possible outcome, but it frequently leads to violence and sadism, as hundreds of serial killers who experienced head trauma as a kid can attest to. Let's um just make our kids wear helmets until they're like 10. Oh, floor's going to be covered in pillows. We're just going to call it a pillow fort. Yep. Hey, Dad, where are all the cabinets? Oh, I replaced them with uh, mesh and foam. Dad, you know I'm 22, right? Mesh and foam, son. (laughs) Anyway, aside from having a healthy gut, it is good to fart. It is important to fart. Yeah. It is healthy to fart, and it is normal to fart. Yep. A well-balanced diet of lean proteins, fresh fruits, leafy vegetables, and whole grains will make you fart. Oh, but dude. they will be good farts. That's exactly... Okay, wait a minute. There's been a lot of, like, epiphanies here, like, as to why I fucking fart as much as I do. But honestly, think of my normal diet. It's, it's fucking... It's skinless chicken. It's, like, quinoa or brown rice. It's spinach or kale when I get my hands on it. Like, I'm just eating the good shit, and it's Shout making me Shout out to Dave for making some killer bread. Oh, yeah, dude. Dave has some killer bread. Ezekiel I don't know who has Dave some is. bread, too. He makes a lot of bread for one man. He was, um, he was in prison. <laughs> That's, like, their backstory. Oh. It's, it's actually really Oh, because cool. he killed someone. No. Dave's murder bread. No, don't say that. He seemed like a really nice guy. I don't know. You just Seems. said he was in prison and well, it's Dave's killer bread. Why don't you do I, I need He's context. also like playing a fucking guitar. Like he, he went just... to jail for playing a guitar? No, god damn it. Charles this Manson went to jail for playing for the guitar. That's not why he went to jail. No, you're right. He learned how to play the guitar in jail. No, he and Then did when not. he got out, he was like, I want to play the guitar forever. And then he met hippies and he met We're the getting Beatles, off track. We're getting and off then track. He, yeah. That is, that is true, though. I forgot that he went to jail before he got out of jail. Some complex jail. carbs, like starches, will not break down easily. No. And will ferment in your gut. But their farts will be good farts. If you only ate simple carbs, like sugars and refined grains, you wouldn't fart as much, sure. But that's because you wouldn't be getting any nutrients. If your gut bacteria ain't eating stuff that you're eating, then... Yank it nutrients. I'm really... And they only make fats if they eaten. Just because you eaten don't mean your your belly eaten. I'm really proud of my colon and gut gut right now because it just means that it's doing a great job being healthy. Consistent farting is a sign of a healthy colon. Woo! And a healthy colon is good. That's why it's the word healthy. Healthy is good, duh. Woo! Sorry if that was loud. And if you're the kind of person who, even with a healthy colon, is ashamed of their completely normal levels of flatulence, promise me that you will not hold in your farts, Leah. I, okay. You hold in your farts. I hope. Listen, I don't care if you are at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, or if you are on a hot date with Carmen Electra, or if you're at your grandma's second funeral... Don't hold in, you goddamn farts. (laughs) Not only can you irritate your colon and cause blockages, but you can give yourself hemorrhoids. And I have already covered how painful hemorrhoids are. Hemorrhoids are bad. Farting is good. That explains the hemorrhoids that I've gotten. Don't hold in farts. Yeah. 
Well, it's because I hold in farts all the time and we're trying to let them go. Don't. I need that, like, that fucking... That normalized fucking farting. Hashtag normalized farts. Hashtag normalized farts, guys, because everybody does it. Farting even burns calories. Yeah, that's right. Except that it doesn't. How and do that you... is a tired old tale. Oh, some goddamn myth perpetrated by unhealthy fuckers who want easy excuses instead of rigorous exercise. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Just like yeah. the same people that are like, oh, I could watch a soap opera and I burn more calories yeah, than if like, I oh, watch. Yeah, they're like, oh, kissing burns calories. I'll just kiss instead of exercise. Yeah, it burns like, I don't know, like five calories. How about you exercise, you fat bitch? Whoa, whoa. People really? want easy answers to getting healthy. They don't want to get healthy. I know, it's fucking diet and exercise. Guys, sorry, guys. Sorry to fucking say it. It's diet and exercise. Most You're looking of the for fat the way. you burn is exhaled. There's, like, a whole oh. guy who, like, did the thing. But, like, you know, all, you, you sweat, you poop, you pee, all that shit. Most of it is you exhale the carbon dioxide that is broken down from your fat as you burn it for energy. If you are not exercising, you are not burning fat. Yeah. And you have to retain muscle and shed fat by eating healthy. Yep. Elf, eating healthy makes good calories, which allow you to... It, it it's stuff. It's stuff. There's science. You can't just invent stuff because you read it on, on the Facebook and the Buzzfeed and the shit. I'm getting off topic. I hate people who are wrong. Plus, eating simple carbs most of the time actually like uh, emits a, um, oh, shit. There's like a, a chemical reaction that happens in your brain um, that'll actually cause you to become more lethargic and mm. want to eat more simple carbs, which is why, like, if you just cut the, like, simple carbs for, like, three weeks, you'll start to notice that you have more energy and that you crave them less because your body isn't emitting the chemicals that are, like, making you want to have the shitty foods. It's one of those things like uh, smoking, where the phrase cold turkey, oh, it, it works because you deprive your brain of, like, this new chemical that overwrites the old chem the normal chemicals in your brain and once those stop being rewritten all the time it's literally like in lord of the rings the, the two towers when worm tongue is removed from king Theoden, and oh his you know gandalf is like i give you the power of saturated fats and whole <laughs> grains and lean proteins and no more high sodium and simple sugars and sugar alcohols and King Theoden, like, his withered old white pasty fat ass turns back into a healthy glowing human with luscious hair and a thick chin. Before he dies. Well, that, you gotta, that's film. a different Spoiler analogy. But yes. Uh, if farting burned calories, we would all be slender Fabios. But we're not, because farting is a passive activity. It is literally an activity of passing. It's an automatic pressure-based system. There's no stage in the digestive process where you burn calories. That's like asking if your car's alternator runs on gasoline. No, it doesn't, but it charges your car, which does run on gasoline, which can also be used if the car is running uh, on gasoline. The only way this analogy could be better if the car was electric or if the car was a mobile petroleum refinery, but not all analogies can be winners. Um... <laughs> Speaking of analogies, the word analogy derives from the ancient Greek logos, meaning logic, and ana, meaning proportion, as in proportion of a whole, 
a whole object, a complete object, a complete circle, an anus. The word anus denotes the whole, whereas the feminine ana denotes the portions. So, wait, are people named Anna <gasps> actually named Anna? No, th well, uh, they'd be a portion of a whole name. Aww, they're almost... Annapolis. Yeah? Oh, that, well, that would be a portion of a city. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the word vegetable, you could derive from its whole, the portion, veg. Extrapolated then into the more colloquial veggie, a word first used in 1955. As for fruits, all 75,000 species of domestic apple derive from the singular malus siversi, the very first apple, discovered in the mountains of southern Kazakhstan by the ancient Chinese. The one thing Kazakhstan has ever done for the world provided the first apple way back before the, the uh, people were there. Well, the ancient, <laughs> the ancient Chinese first cultivated apples some 10,000 years ago. From there, it spread west to the Fertile Crescent, then to southeastern Europe, to Italy, to the valleys of the Rhine and Seine, then to the British Isles, and in 1625, the Americas, with the first New World apple orchard planted in Boston by Reverend William Blackston. Descendants of the Reverend's Pilgrim Peers would include John Chapman, a missionary for the Swedenborgian Church who walked the lengths of Pennsylvania and Ohio, planting rows of apple trees along his way. Upon reaching Indiana in 1845, the elderly John Chapman succumbed to his age and has since been immortalized in American lore under the nickname Johnny Appleseed. He was born in Leominster, Mass. That he was! Yeah. I only know that because every he time I go to my roller derby practice, I'd pass the sign. Welcome to Leominster, home of Johnny Appleseed. Anyway, what does that have to do with farts? Uh, you can find apple trees all across North America today, and their autumn harvesting is an American pastime. And while the proliferation of Johnny Appleseed was bountiful, even sprouting a few kids along the way, one of whom I am a descendant of, fun fact for me, the most productive country in apple cultivation remains the fruit's original domesticator, China, with almost half of the world's global apple production at 41 million metric tons just last year. And you know what apples are good for? Your colon? Your colon! Oh, that's it, it, that's it! <laughs> well, show me colon! Bing! Uh, good answer, good, good answer. Good answer, good answer. Uh, apples are rich in a soluble fiber called pectin which your good gut bacteria go cr cr crazy for in your large intestine. Deconstructed pectin pulls your food goop together to, quote, increase stool volume, which helps cleanse your bowels, making it a natural remedy for constipation and diarrhea. It's, it's, it's like gravity in, spa in, a, in space pulling, like, pulling stuff towards it. It sucks the goopies it just, it's, like, not singularly, but in, like, a, a fe in ethereal, like, a it sucks the cement, the spackle. It sucks the spackle. It pulls out the little particles and makes a big old turd. More, many turds make big one old, big old turd. He's doing a thing with his hands. You guys can't see that, but it's very, it explains a lot. Apples are so good for the digestive system that even though they haven't been around in North America for that long... Wild animals will go out of their way to feast upon the forbidden fruit. 
Such feasty foragers include elk, moose, deer, horses, goats, pigs, mice, rabbits, raccoons, possums, and bears. I, I could see. I thought of deer. That was the first. Yeah. Elk, you old deer's going up to the trench. Nom, 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 nom. Fun fact, the reason an apple is called the forbidden fruit is because of the Christian belief that the first woman, Eve, plucked an apple from a tree in the Garden of Eden, and it made her and Adam aware of their nakedness. And then God was like, Ew, gross! And he threw them both out into the wildlands, cursing all of humanity to live in sin forever, because it's a good... because... whatever. However, the book of Genesis doesn't actually say it was an apple. Quote, Genesis 2.17 You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. In Latin, the phrase good and evil is bonum et malum, with malum being the same written word used for apple, where the distinction between the two is only drawn with inflection, a certain accent over the A sound. And note that the phrase is don't eat from this tree, not don't eat this particular fruit. The fruit is not specified, and it's not specified as an apple. It's just, at some point, some careless misinterpretation became popularized. And now the Christian church touts a falsehood with the utmost confidence that it's true. Wait, you're you trying to tell me that the Bible is fake news? Classic Christianity. Bible, fake news, everything in there is made up by some guys. It's yeah. that or the Garden of Eden is actually in Kazakhstan. It's not. It's not. It's <laughs> n- it, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense with the proliferation of humans in the various places. It wouldn't make sense. I'll get, I'll get into that. In another, ah. I was going to make, I was going to make the, the Garden of Eden joke before, like when you mentioned where the original apple was found and man, I think we're, I feel like we're on the same level here. I feel like I am like reading your little script, but I'm not. We just bro action. Well, you can see it reflected in my glasses. Um, I can see that there is a light. I can't see anything other than that. The light is my pretty eyes. It's not. It's actually the screen from your computer. I just my, my pretty eyes. No, it's the my sc- big old brown eye. Yeah. Speaking of buttholes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we end this episode about farts, do you want to hear some more of uh, James Joyce's letters? Yes. Uh, does one of them mention? Poop? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> do you want me to do an Irish accent? Sure. At last, you're right to me. Okay, you nope, must have, take it back. <laughs> you must have given that naughty little cunt of yours almost ferocious frigging to write me such a disjointed letter. As for me, darling, I, I am so played out that you would have to lick me for a good hour before I could get a horn stiff enough even to put into you, to say nothing of blocking you. I've done so much and so often... <sighs> you, can, you can just do a regular accent. I've done so much and so often that I'm afraid to look to see how, how that thing I had is a- after all I've done to myself. Uh, darling, please don't fuck me too much when I go back. Fuck all you can out of me for the first night or so, but... <laughs> Make me get myself cured. <laughs> the fucking must be all done by you, darling, as I am so soft and small now that no girl in Europe except you yourself would waste her time trying the job. Fuck me, darling, in, a, in as many ways as your lust will suggest. Fuck me dressed in, in your full outdoor costume 
with your hat and veil on, your face flushed with the cold and wind and rain, and your boots muddy, either straddling across my legs when I'm sitting in a chair, or riding me up and down with the frills of your drawers showing, and my cock stiffing, sticking up stiff in your cunt, or, or riding me over the back of the sofa. Fuck me naked with your hat and stockings on, only flat on the floor, with a crimson flower in your hole behind, riding me like a man with your thighs between mine, and your rump very fat. Fuck me in your dressing gown with nothing on under it, opening it suddenly and showing me your belly and thighs and back, and pulling on top of you, and pulling me on top of you on the kitchen table. Fuck me into you arseways, lying on your face on the bed, your hair flying loose, naked but with a lovely scented pair of pink drawers open shamelessly behind, and half slipping down over your peeping bum. Fuck me if you can, squatting in your closet with your clothes on, grunting like a young sow doing her dung. Ew, what the fuck? And a big, fat, dirty, snaking thing coming slowly out your backside. He wants her to poop on his dick! I was gonna say that. Woo! Poop on his dick! He's talking about poop. Woo! We should have had a trigger warning. Nah, ain't no triggers, only snickers. And that's me going... (laughs) You might want to cut that out just in case. The word sniggering? Yes. It's, I know what it means. Bleebly! <laughs> Fuck me on the stairs in the dark like a nursery maid fucking her soldier, unbuttoning his trousers gently and slipping her hand into his fly and fiddling with his shirt and feeling it get wet and then pulling it gently up and fiddling with his two bursting balls. And at last put it, pulling out boldly the, the Mickey she loves to handle and frigging... Frigging it for him softly, murmuring into his ear dirty words and dirty stories that the other girls told her and dirty things she said, and all the time pissing her drawers with pleasure He's and letting really... off soft, warm, quiet little thoughts behind until her own girlish cocky is as stiff as his and suddenly sticking him up in her and riding him. <laughs> I have come now, and the foolery is over. He, uh, he definitely wrote that one part, too, with the, with the noises. Um, quick, quick side note, like, he's, like, uh, saying dirty words and blah, but, like, back in those days was probably, like, ankles. I don't know, he just used a lot of dirty words. (laughs) Yeah, he did actually use a lot of dirty words, so it's probably... Like, uh, like, uh, uh, I want you to, uh, poop on my dick and then, uh... Pee uh, on yourself until you're. Uh, He's very much into excrement. Your little uh, clit gets hard cock. as a penis rock. Lady and cock. They, they, we touch them and uh, then. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hang on, wait. There was one other thing that he said that was that made. Well, there's a few things in there that made me laugh. Grunting but. like a young sow doing her dung. What the fuck does that mean? And then even a big, mean? fat, dirty, snaking thing comes slowly out your backside. <laughs> I do wish that somebody found me as attractive as that man found. I found you. I find you very attractive. I just don't want. I don't want you. 
to you don't write me letters I don't want you telling to pull me to out frig my myself and frig it for me softly. Yeah, you don't tell me that. You don't, I don't say want you, to you don't say fiddle with my me. wet you bursting don't ever balls. Write me letters to tell me how how much you want You're me to right frig here. your Mickey. You don't tell me. I'm not in, in Dublin. I'm not in Dublin looking at little fish women. You're not in Paris making big old sits and squats on some porcelain throne. Me, me, writing me back about big old cow dung that you make big ploppies and oh, I'll tell you about my big ploppies. Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. I am gonna use the term friggin' though, like frigging. Like I'm gonna say like. Christopher, don't bother me. I'll be frigging in the parlor. Which would be a weird place to frig, but I mean, whatever floats your boat. Always here. Yeah, we, we are out having a frig. Yep. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Long Story Short. If you're interested in more like this podcast, but you like to read, check out openarticle.xyz, even though I haven't written anything for it in about a year because I've been busy with this. And stay tuned for the continuation of our series on 20th Century Romania with our next episode, Now That's What I Call Communism, Part 1. As for this episode, we hope you enjoyed listening to our uh, moans and fart talk. Uh, This is Chris. This is Leah, the poopy, poopy person you did not know was so darn poopy, but really is on the inside and is not ashamed. With long story short. Whoop, 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 whoop. Signing, Signing off. off. Did you want me to say it with you? Because I did, so. I did. Oh, good. Did you hear my snake noise? Like, oh, she's doing poopy doops. Yeah. Hold, 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 brothers. Did you, hold. Hear, did you hear my snake slipping out my behind? Uh, <laughs> oh, big, fat, dirty snake. Didn't thing. Oh. I thought at one point he said hot farties. Yeah. He does say hot well, farts. I'll get to that. He? I'll get to that another day. Oh, we're going to talk about farts again? No. <laughs> that was going to be a secret, but <laughs> there's just so much about farts. It now makes sense. It was going to be a one shot. It's going to be a one shot. So much about farts. We can do the intro for the next one being like, You guys asked and we received. You all had so much fun with these farts that we had to make another one. And then <laughs> there's no comments on <laughs> any, any. There's six people who played it for more than 15 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, can you see who, like... No, I don't see who. Um, there's, like, but can you there's see numbers. Yeah. Watch the whole thing. Listen to the whole thing. Yeah. How many people listen to the whole thing? Uh... I think one of them we had 25 people last I checked. Oh shit! The whole thing! Well, they listened to enough of it that it counted as a listen. Oh. I don't know how many people have listened to the whole thing. At least two. Me and Bethany. Yay! Thanks, Bethany. Thank you, Bethany. Number one fan. <laughs> I'm Bethany. Number one fan. She's not Asian. I know. I don't know. <laughs> cut that out. Oh, I'm Bethany. I'm number one fan. My number one fan. Big Mark. Cut that out. Big Mark. <laughs> How big? Big. Alright, are we- Big are, mug. Big. Big mug. Yeah, he's big, big mug. We get it. <laughs> Did, uh, are we done? Because I actually have to poop. Yeah, well, you have to poop again. I Go fucking again. make the- Make you. your big- Make your young sow you doing your dung. I wasn't- I young told you I wasn't done. I told you there was more to come, and I knew it. And here we are. Half slipping down your peeping bum. Letting off soft, warm, quiet little farts behind.
know, today they were kind of sad. Like when you make it with your hands, talking's on. 